0: Welcome to Agency Nation Radio, where insurance professionals turn on the mic and share unscripted stories about leadership, technology, marketing, success, and failure, sharing the stories that help them make the professionals they are today. Agency Nation Radio is presented by The Big Eye and Trusted Choice. I'm your host, Will Jones, editor in chief of Independent Agent Magazine. Today, I'm joined by Charles Symington, the new CEO and president of The Big Eye. Amid the hardest market in a generation, a technological revolution, and consolidation within the independent agent and broker channel, Charles joins us today to discuss his first 100 days at the helm of this association, as well as what the future will look like for the big eye.
1: Charles, thanks for joining us. How's it going? Well, it's my pleasure, Will, and it's, it's quite busy these days, as you would expect. We've got a lot going on. Absolutely. So that's
0: what I wanted to talk about. After becoming president and CEO in September, What are some of your reflections on your first 100 days in office?
1: Those first 100 days, well, it has been quite a whirlwind. Uh, Hit the ground running. And the uh, week after I officially became president and CEO, uh, I had my first board meeting uh, in Grand Rapids, Michigan, where we installed uh, Mike McBride as our new big-eye chairman. Uh, And we also elected uh, a new member to our executive committee, the top seven agent leaders of our association. That new member is Bobby Salmon from North Carolina. And one key takeaway, I would say, from that board meeting uh, is when, when we started our uh, top-to-bottom review of all Big Eye programs, uh, resources, services, um, you know, sometimes you bring in new leadership, right? You have a fresh perspective, gives you that opportunity to look at things in a new way. And We thought this was a really good time to do that. And so we're looking at everything the big guy does from a programmatic perspective uh, to ensure that they're meeting our members needs. And then um, as we work with our board, our uh, CEOs, our state associations, our, our, our agent leaders at our states, as we solicit their feedback, uh, then we're going to try to focus on those key services and programs where we really excel on behalf of our members, you know, rather than doing 25 things, uh, just well, or, you know, some in a mediocre fashion, we want to focus on those things where we really excel, you uh, a kind of where we're best in class and where we, you know, move the needle, uh, you know, for our members. And then for me, I went right from Grand Rapids down to San Antonio, Texas. So straight from my first board meeting, our good friends at Keystone, uh, you know, key uh, you know, agency Alliance uh, invited me down to uh, San Antonio to celebrate their fortieth anniversary, so I was really honored to join them with that. Um, and then since that time, you know, as, again as you'd expect, as a new president and CEO, I've been on the road quite a bit, spoken to a number of our state conventions. I uh, spoke to Colorado, uh, Tennessee, Indiana, and then most recently, just this past weekend, I was down in Atlanta, Georgia, for what we call our Southern Agents Conference, and that's where we bring together about fifteen or so of our Uh, leadership, uh, both staff and agent leadership uh, from the 15 southern states. It's such a unique, wonderful conference that they put together. It's almost like a mini uh, Big Eye National Board meeting, but just for that region of the country. So talked about a lot of the same issues that uh, we talk about at our board meetings, Uh, the hard market that you mentioned, technology, politics, right? We're kind of in the silly season now, both as Congress is doing some work and as we look forward to the 2024 elections. So a lot of really good work, uh, you know, happened in Atlanta, Georgia, Uh, you know, and I I have a speaking role at all these events, but I also have the opportunity to interact with our members and our state staff uh, in smaller groups and also on a one-on-one basis. And what I will tell you, what I've been struck uh, by as I've been having these conversations is uh, just how many veteran agents are telling me that they have never seen a hard market in a challenging market like they're seeing right now. And these are these are agents that have 20, 30, maybe even 40 years of experience. Uh, you know, and, and over and over again, what I keep hearing is they've never seen it to this scale. And the other thing that I've realized in my travels, um, because I've been going all over the country, is that it is a national crisis now. It is not the typical hard market where you see certain regions of the country um, you know, they're experiencing marketplace dysfunction. This hard sort of market's different not only because of the severity but also because of the magnitude. and uh, it's becoming more national. So you know a lot of our members are looking to us at the National Association, of course, their state association, state associations as well. but because it's becoming more of a national problem, they're really looking to the National Association uh, for assistance and solutions. Awesome. So lots of things to keep you busy at the moment. <laughs> yeah, all of us busy.
0: Um, but then, yeah, so the hard market and improvements of the big eye. I, I definitely want to come onto those things uh, in a little bit. But um, although many of our listeners will already be familiar with you and your work with the big eye, um, just for those who aren't, uh, you joined the big eye in two thousand and four and have lobbied on behalf of independent agents and brokers on Capitol Hill for twenty years. Can you just share a little bit about your work on the hill, some achievements, and some of the work that you did up there?
1: yeah, sure. And I may even go back a little farther than that to how I first learned about insurance and uh, that was as an attorney. So uh, I attended law school down down in Atlanta, Georgia uh, at Emory uh, University. and upon graduation, I uh, worked for the largest insurance defense firm in the state of Georgia. So that's really the way I cut my teeth, learned about insurance. Obviously, I was on the side of the angels defending the insurer, insurers against the plaintiffs attorneys. Uh, but that's where I learned about uh, the property casualty insurance market. I uh, did that for a couple of years, and then after a brief stint uh, working for a small uh, general practice law firm in Northern Virginia, uh, I found my way onto Capitol Hill, and I started my work on the Hill uh, with the House uh, Energy and Commerce Committee. Back then, it was called the House Commerce Committee, uh, and I was a counsel uh, for the committee focusing mainly on health care uh, oversight, dabbled a little bit in healthcare care policy, uh, and then um, moved over to the House Financial Services Committee as an insurance counsel. That's where I focused solely on insurance um, and had the pleasure of working with, uh, you know, members of Congress on the committee. I've worked for Chairman Mike Oxley from Ohio of Sarbanes-Oxley fame. Uh, and there I've worked on important pieces of legislation that impact uh, the uh, property casualty marketplace, most notably the Terrorism Risk Insurance Act, where I had a hand in drafting that. Uh, but also, you know, we, we worked on a number of hearings. Uh, so, I, so I learned a great deal about the public policy behind the the property casualty insurance market. Obviously, I, I learned about it more as a practitioner, as an attorney, when I was in uh, in private practice. But I, you know, this perspective was a really healthy one, and what that allowed me to do is interact with some of the major players uh, in the advocacy game. Right, being being solely focused on insurance. Uh, if you had a presence in D.C., uh, whether you're an insurance carrier, insurance carrier trade, or agent broker trades, you know, a a wonderful amount of interaction with those folks. And that's how I learned about the big I, learned about their prowess on on advocacy, uh, learned about the membership and just really always uh, had nothing but um, great interactions with uh, the big I and the staff. And then in 2004, you mentioned the year I started the big I, when the top lobbying position opened up and they approached me, I jumped at the chance. So um, as you said, I've been lobbying for the big I. For almost 20 years, Um, you know, the last year before I took over as president and CEO, I was EVP. So I started slowing down then. But for about 18, 19 years, um, I was the primary face on Capitol Hill, also oversaw state government affairs. And, um, you know, I chalk up a a number of wins for for our members, whether, um, you know, it's on the tax front or the regulatory front. And the thing that we always struggle with from a government affairs perspective, particularly at the federal level, because um, of course we're a state regulated basis uh, business is how do you show that tangible kind of pocketbook return for our members, right? I mean, when you do member surveys, uh, you know, government affairs and advocacy is always at the top of the list for our members. But as we try to translate that into right tangible return for our members, that can always be a challenge. And so we always like to highlight those wins, whether it's, you know, reductions in, uh, in taxes via tax cuts, uh, or again, uh, you know, avoiding certain regulatory requirements that are coming out of uh, Washington D.C. Uh, those are very important to show that value return for our members and also for our state associations uh, as they're communicating with our members and what we do for them. And the, and the last thing I'll say on on government affairs is this is where I feel where the big eye and its structure is very unique and different from other uh, insurance trade associations, not only just other producer trade associations, but all other insurance trade associations, including the carriers, Uh, because of our uh, confederation structure and having a big eye in every state, we have boots on the ground. We have representation in all the state capitals, with all the governor's offices, with all the state legislatures, and most importantly, with all the individual insurance departments. And as I said, being a state-regulated business, that's all important. There is no other insurance trade association that can say that. Now, there are a lot of good uh, lobbyists out there. We have great relationships with many of our carrier partners and their trades and other agent broker groups as well, but they don't have that structure. And I call it the grand differentiator uh, between the big eye and all the other insurance groups. And I feel like that's important to highlight.
0: Awesome. Well, I know lots of our members appreciate all of your hard work on Capitol Hill uh, over the years. But um, you mentioned the the prowess of the big eye and. You know, the advocacy and the energy of its members. Um, you know, what is it about working with agents and brokers that you enjoy most?
1: Well, first, I really do love their entrepreneurial spirit. And this is a little trite to say, but they're independents, right? They're called independent insurance agents and brokers for a reason. Uh, and it is that entrepreneurial, you know, kind of independent spirit, and not to get too sappy about it, but that you know, that kind of pull yourself up by your bootstrap sort of mentality that I think's made this country what it is. And so um, I've always been really impressed with our members in that regard. And then also, and this is a little bit of my political background coming into play, I've always uh, really respected and enjoyed how our members have their fingers on the pulse of their communities, right? That they're a true barometer, I would say, of what their clients are experiencing. And so, um, you know, our members have their tentacles into almost every facet of their, you know, towns, cities, cities. Uh, and you can't say that about a lot of professions. I, I think you probably could say the same about realtors, but if you really want to know what's happening in communities, what, what people are thinking about, and again, from a political perspective, what voters are, are thinking about and what they care about, you go talk to independent agents and you go talk to realtors, maybe you throw commu- community bankers in there as well, and then you're going to learn really fast. So I, I feel like our members are kind of those canaries in the in the coal mine, um, and, and, they're, and they're ahead of the curve, right? They're typically seeing things, before it hits. And so I've always really enjoyed that about our members. And then I'm going to steal a line from Chairman McBride. And I, I like to say plagiarism is the highest form of compliment, so I'm sure he's going to be fine with this. And what Mike does in his speeches, as he also travels across the country, uh, I know he likes to say that um, you know, our, our profession is both a noble one and a necessary one. Now, it's a noble one because our members serve right their clients in their greatest time of need. I mean, when there's the loss, when our members need assistance, when their clients need assistance, our members are there for them. But it's also a necessary one. Um, And this is where I'm going to quote my former boss, Chairman Mike Oxley of the House Financial Services Committee. What he would say is insurance is the glue that holds the economy together. Right. Without insurance, commerce doesn't work. The economy doesn't move forward. Right. You can't drive a car. You can't you can't own a house in, in a large part. You can't run a business. I can go on and on. Right. So insurance is absolutely critical and necessary uh, to U.S. Uh, commerce and our economy. And obviously, our members play a, a you know very important part in that. And so I've always been impressed with that and really enjoy working with our members because of them being both noble and necessary.
0: OK, excellent. Well, funnily enough, I was actually going to quote uh, Mike McBride as well. Um, <laughs> hey, this, well let's uh, not do that
1: too much. OK, we don't want to give him a big head.
0: because he, like you, uh, has a law degree. Uh, Yes, he does. I know know you left uh, Emory University uh, School of Law in Atlanta uh, with a law degree. And he said that uh, insurance and law are kind of like second cousins. Um, (laughs) So how did your legal background prepare you for your
1: work with a big eye? Yeah, well, you know, first, just generally speaking, uh, you know, it helps you think critically, right? I mean, you go to law school and then practicing Uh, The way I did, obviously, it it, it helps you think through issues and taking that critical perspective. But then obviously, with my particular experience in insurance defense litigation, it's where I first learned about the insurance market. And then, you know, I continued to use that law degree on on Capitol Hill uh, as an insurance counsel. Uh, So it enabled me then to to get that perspective from a public policy uh, kind of vantage point. Um, not to say you need a law degree, to, you know, to to be a health staffer, but it certainly helped me in what I I was doing. Um, but now I like to say that I'm a recovering attorney uh, because I don't really, you know, I, I certainly don't practice and being a trade association executive. But uh, my law degree certainly has given me giving me that important foundation uh, to do what I do now. Okay, excellent.
0: Now uh, on onto the hard market. Obviously, as you mentioned, it's been referred to as the hardest market in a generation. Um, you know, I like you. I'm hearing to, hearing from veteran agents uh, saying they've never seen anything like it. So, you know, in your position as president and CEO, um, you know, how is the Big eye supporting its uh, members in in the hard market at the moment?
1: How much time do we have for this uh, podcast? <laughs> you know, I could go on for about an hour. No, but seriously, I mean, you know, because this is a complicated problem uh, and it's multifaceted. We're attacking this from various angles. So first. Uh, you know we've been investing heavily in our market access programs uh, at at the Big Eye to provide our members with those all-important mark, you know markets. So we've been upgrading our technology uh, you know in our for profit, uh, and that's about to come online here in the next several months, as well as we're revamping our market access programs, our big eye markets, our Eagle Agency Alliance. I can't tell you how many man person hours we're putting into. Uh, you know the, the, that endeavor, uh, and it's really going to reap dividends. And that also is going to come online. Uh, we're going to go uh, live January one with our Eagle Alliance and Big Eye Markets. Uh, the technology upgrade should be done by the springtime. That's the current goal. And so, really looking forward to uh, you know beginning of and, and mid part of twenty twenty four as um, the, these efforts come to fruition. Uh, and of course, we're recruiting new carrier partners to join us in those market access programs because you need the carriers to do the underwriting. And so we're trying to twist their arms a little bit as well so that they can, uh, you know, offer that important capacity uh, to our members. Uh, but in addition to our mar- market access programs and our upgrade of, our IT for our for-profit, uh, you know, we're having some tough conversations with the leadership at the carrier partners and at the carrier trade associations. I've had a lot, a number of meetings. I mentioned that I've been on the road speaking to our, state conventions uh, and regional conventions, but also a number of, of important C-suite conversations. Uh, just tell them that the, the leadership at the carriers what these underwriting changes and, comp- and compensation changes, to be frank, mean to their distribution force. Now, look, I understand we don't sit where they sit, right? And I we understand their combined ratios are through the roof and they're dealing with perils and inflation. And wh- I can go through all the, the various reasons why we're in the hard market we're in, but you know, they also need to understand what that impact's going to have on, on their distribution force uh, and our small business members. So, we are having those, those tough conversations. I, I I do think we're going to start trying to come up with some more creative ways to get our messages across next year so that it's not just in these one offs, that we can do it in a more broad based fashion. So, uh, asking our members to stay tuned there. Third, we're engaging public policymakers, right? This is one of the things we do best at the big eye, both the federal and the state level. Um, to number one, uh, you know, educate them on what's happening in the market. Uh, you know, Congress in particular never acts unless it's a crisis. Congress is not a proactive body; it's a very reactionary body. And I tell you, it, it is starting to bubble up to their level. There have been a couple of congressional hearings now examining the hard market, uh, and so we we've testified before Congress. To communicate the difficulty that our members are experiencing, and then proposing certain things that they might want to consider, and then at the state level, again being a state-regulated business, interacting uh, with the National Association of Insurance Commissioners uh, and Coil as well, the insurance legislators, and then as I mentioned earlier, on a state-by-state basis, whether it's the creation of fair plans in certain states uh, or or, or other creative uh, ideas to try to ameliorate the uh, the hard market impacts on our members uh, and their clients. And then fourth is what we've been doing with Trusted Choice, which of course is well known as our consumer brand, but uh, Trusted Choice, our team there has done a great job putting out uh, what we call our hard market toolkit. Um, And that's to give our members um, just some guidance, some ideas uh, as they're having these difficult conversations with their their clients, uh, just some ways that they might want to consider going about that. That was really well-received, the, the, the first uh, tranche on that side. Now we're upping our game, uh, You know, putting out some surveys to really learn from our members and consumers on what they need from us. And now we've got videos going out. We've got these surveys. And I think now we're going to pivot to a more consumer uh, kind of focused uh, PR campaign. Uh, because you know, the, the one thing we have to be very cogn- cognizant of is it's a difficult market for most carriers, but there are some carriers that are also doing pretty well. And as those uh, kind of bits of news break, you know, we have to be uh, very clear uh, to those that will listen uh, that that what the market means for the most part for carrier partners and for uh, independent agents that explain what the hard market is, explain, you know, uh, the causes, uh, and then explain, you know, really highlight the value of the independent agent in this hard market. I've said this in some of the um, presentations that I've given. It, It is an extremely difficult market. And as I said, maybe one of the toughest in 40 years. But I can tell you one thing, I'd much rather be an independent agent than a captive agent or a direct writer in this environment, right? What's our strength? It's choice. It's customization. It's advocacy. We have a constriction in our markets, but we have multiple markets. It's better than having one market. And so sometimes when there are challenges, there comes opportunity. And so I see this as an opportunity to highlight the strengths of the IA system and what makes it different from our competitors in the marketplace.
0: Okay, excellent. Thank you. And yeah, there's definitely some uh, a lot of great resources out there for Big Eye members to, uh, to get through the market and take advantage of the opportunities that are out there right now. Um, but um, another challenge of running an agency at the moment today is that uh, agents have more choices about what technology to employ at their agency than ever before. Can you share a little bit about what the Big Eye has available to members to help in that regard?
1: Sure thing. And this is another answer that might t- take a little while because we're trying to do as much as we can there. Because that's the other issue, right, that we hear the most about, uh, other than the hard market. And I, I would say, you know, um, it's finding good talent, right, and hiring the right people and retaining talent uh would probably be number three. But on technology, uh, again, another top issue for us. You know, I mentioned Trusted Choice earlier and what they're doing with the hard market, but they also I uh, do a lot of work in the technology space, whether that's website digital reviews, right? Free website digital reviews for our members. I mean, that is um, one of those uh, member resources that doesn't get spread far and wide. But boy, when our members use it, they absolutely love it. Uh, and it's re- re- obviously no cost, certainly worth it. And then um, we also provide uh, marketing reimbursement that includes digital as well. As we're trying to move that more into the digital space. And uh, and a new uh, effort, at trusted choice, is uh, what we call Tech Compare, and that allows allows our members to hear from their colleagues on what technology providers have made a difference in their respective businesses. And you know, we feel like this peer to peer communication and comparing of notes uh, is really important. And so we've launched Tech Compare. Um, you know, it's somewhat recent, and so you know, we're trying to spread the word on that. And then. You know, many of our state associations have been doing really good work on this as well. They've invested in Catalyst to help our members obtain consulting and guidance for their technology needs, and we continue to work, uh, look look for ways to, to work with our states and partner with them on Catalyst. One-on-one Western Labs is another uh, endeavor where our states have, have taken lead, most notably our North Carolina Association, Aubie our state exec there, uh, and so I want to commend him. So, you know we're trying to um, encourage uh, you know uh, this at both the national and the local level um, and and I think we're 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 doing a, a really good job. We're always uh, working with our friends over at TC.com, right to give our members that presence on the web and there are some um, you know new new uh, undertakings uh, you know that are coming to fruition at, at TC.com. dot uh, the claim it uh, component of TC you know it's very similar to I call it the Uber. Of of insurance, uh, right where it connects uh, agents on a, a on a minute by minute basis with customers as they're uh, searching for a way to meet their insurance needs, and so there's a lot of exciting things going on at, at TC.com. Uh, and then we have, of course, our agents council for technology. That's been around for a long time. It allows us to coordinate with carriers, you know, with tech vendors, agency management system providers. It brings all those various stakeholders together uh, so that we we can all be kind of singing from the same hymn sheet. Uh, and, and now as we're looking um to the future, we're considering uh, maybe creating a, a you know an act 2.0, right? You can look at it. There's a, a lane for being tactical and helping our members with the now in the you know in the present. And I, I mentioned all the ways we're trying to do that. Um, but you know, we also have to be an advocate for our members, trying to you know, get to where the puck's gonna gonna go, right? Get ahead of things uh, and be more strategic on those, uh, th- those you kind know, of tops of the trees issues that at the end of the day are gonna be extremely important for IAs. And I'll, and I'll, and I'll draw an analogy. Um, you know, of course, we, we you know, we really, uh, you know, made our bones on agency expirations, right? That's how our agency was formed back in the day, making sure that our agents own their expirations. Well, I think the next big, I don't want to say fight, but big question mark will be, well, who owns the the data, the customer data, right? Uh, of course, that's a big issue. Customers, whether they own their data or not own their data, that's goes way beyond insurance, but in particular for insurance and agents and customers, who owns that data? Is it IAs? Like they own the expirations. Is it technology vendors? Is it carriers, right? These are very important matters that I feel. And I know that our leadership feels that the big eye is, is, uh, perfectly positioned to advocate uh, for IA uh, in that regard. So we're looking at, you know, ACT maybe being more forward-looking, forward-thinking, uh, you know, less in the now and more in the future. Uh, and, and, you know, one last thing I'll say, I, I told you it would take a long time to answer your question on technology because we're doing a lot. We've got our new tech task force, it's relatively new. Um, and that's, a, you know, a, a task force of agent leaders, um, state exec, some uh, big national staff, That's not only working with um, ACT and the ACT staff on this new version of ACT, but uh, hosting InsureTech summits, whether that's at alliances, meetings, or some of our state conventions or kind of latching on to some other meetings throughout the year. Uh, And so we've been doing a lot of work in that regard as well. So again, I can go on and on on the hard market and technology, but in the interest of time, I'll stop there. But I will say that we hear our members loud and clear on the issues that are important to them. We are devoting uh, a tremendous amount of resources to a system.
0: Well, that's excellent. Um, a lot of changes and a lot of uh, goings on at the Big Eye. Uh, but one of the things that, that I'm quite excited about uh, working on the, the back end at Big Eye National is some of the technological changes that we're implementing in terms of the new system for our membership database and content management systems. Um, can you explain a little bit about how that will change the way that the association interacts with its members?
1: That's a great question. And, you know, well, we're certainly advising our, our members on how they can up and elevate right, their technology games. Well, you know what? We need to do the same thing as an association. And that's what th- this speaks to, is that we've got to upgrade our technology the Big Eye. And we're doing that. Uh, with a major investment, you know, in our, CMA, our content management system, our association management system, in our marketing capabilities. And um, it's all important, right? And, 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 and being a political animal, I will use an analogy of uh, the politics. It, it, the way I look at it, it's very similar to what's called micro-targeting uh, with voters, right? You learn what voters care about, what each in- individual voter cares about, and you create a profile, and then you speak to what moves them, right, what they need. And that's what we've got to do with our members. The, the, you know, the days of throwing a bunch of stuff against the wall and inundating our members with everything we're doing, those days are over, right? They, our members don't have the time to sift through, uh, you know, everything we're doing for them. So we've got to, you know, get up our game. We've got to find out what matters to them, individual members, right? Not just as a collective. And then we've got to communicate with them on those particular issues. So what this upgrade will do for the big eye is it will allow us to learn more about our members and then it allow us to better serve our members. And it will also hopefully save our members some time because then uh, they don't have to sift through, uh, you know, articles uh, on things that don't matter to them. And we can try to pinpoint uh, the things that really that they, that they care about and give us an ability to focus on on the things that that really move the needle for them. So it certainly helps the association uh, be better, but I think in the, in the long run, it, uh, it, cause it allows us to break through that white noise, right? To get to our members, uh, but I think it also will help our members because uh, you know they will uh, better know what the national association and our state association can provide them. One of the things also that I hear about when I travel the country and I give national updates on everything we're doing, inevitably, I hear numerous people say, oh, I didn't know you do that. I didn't know you do that. Wow, I had no idea you do that. And so hopefully this will allow folks to understand what we do on the issues that matter most to them. And thank you, Will. I, mean, I have to give you a plug and the communications team, because I know that you're at the forefront of this uh, and really appreciate the work that you all are doing. Excellent. So,
0: you know, I've got one last question. As we look ahead, um, you know, we've reflected on your first 100 days as president and CEO. You've been very, very busy. I'm not really sure how you packed all that in, to be honest. Um, <laughs> but uh, what are some things that you're looking forward to as uh, ongoing as the uh, president and CEO, the Big Eye?
1: Yeah. Well, uh, first, I have to say, I'm looking forward to the holidays <laughs> and a little time with my family to catch my breath a little bit. 100 years, as I said at the outset, uh, you know, maybe we'll end where we started. It's been a whirlwind, but but seriously, you know, I, I talked about a, a number of these projects in the pipeline, right? Things that are these major uh, projects that we have, and a lot of it is going to come to a head in 2024. Uh, I mean, a lot of it first half, but certainly towards also the tail end of 24. And so I'm looking forward to bringing these projects to conclusion, right? You never change the upgrades, right? I mean, if you're not you know, changing, you're dying. But uh, we would like to, to launch these projects uh, and see how well they're received by our members. We think they're going to be really well received. Um, and so we, we hope we're right, but I, I, I do want to see, you know, if some of these things actually get off the ground. And then, um, you know, in addition to all those irons we've gotten the fire, um, you know, got a, in a very important election, uh, in 2024. And so, uh, you know, the big aisle will, will do what we do best, right. Advocating, uh, in DC, uh, you know, for our members and, and and want to impact that election and all elections have consequences. And so we'll be uh, really engaged in that. Uh, and so I'll really, I always look forward to our legislative conference and that's probably where I'll end. So to do that, right, we put on what is, I, I think, the most effective, uh, you know, Capitol Hill fly-in uh, in the insurance industry, certainly the most widely attended. And so we'll have that in the spring. Uh, that'll be my first legislative conference as president and CEO, even though this will be my 20th. Uh, it'll obviously be with, through a new lens. And so, uh, again, being in an election year, uh, really look forward to welcoming a lot of our members and our our friends in the carrier ranks to our legislative conference uh, so that we can advocate on behalf of the IA system and the PC marketplace.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, I know I'm really looking forward to 2024. We've got lots of uh, big things coming. So, no, thank you very much for making the time for us today, Charles, and sharing everything with our members.
1: My pleasure, Well, Thank you.
0: And thank you for tuning in to this edition of Agency Nation Radio, powered by the big Eye and trusted choice. If you've enjoyed today's podcast, make sure you hit that subscribe button and give us a five-star review. If you have a story for Agency Nation Radio,
1: contact us at hello at agencynation.com.